0: I drove a full state away. I switched sports. I focused 100% yesterday on baseball. And I still, still can't clear my brain of that mess from Detroit the other night. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovačević of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. It's Penguins versus Predators tonight at PPG Paints Arena. The Preds coming off a really nice 2-1 win over Boston of all teams. Uh, The other night, the Preds, despite their very obvious sell-off, at the trade deadline, including, for whatever it is that you think of it, moving Mikhail Granlund to the Penguins, they're playing decent hockey, and they're actually in, peripherally, the Western Conference playoff race, which is probably a good thing, Right? Right? I mean, at least they aren't terrible in using their third string goaltender and other things that might cause your veteran group to lose a little bit of seriousness about their approach. I I just can't. I just can't. I I, I don't have things to, to say about this team if I don't think they're serious or that they're intense enough or lasered or locked on enough to keep their attention on the task at hand. The task at hand, when you step onto the rink against the Red Wings, and they're in the shape that they're in, is to perform the same way that you just did against the Avalanche Stars and Capitals because the Red Wings don't matter. Your own point total matters. You know what else matters? How about the point totals for the two teams that are wrapped right around you in this playoff race that you don't seem to recognize still exists? Because both the Panthers and the Islanders won last night. The Panthers in overtime against the Leafs. Pretty impressive little comeback on Florida's part. The Islanders in a shootout over the Capitals. That's... That's bad, okay? <laughs> if if you care about making the playoffs or not if that's not enough to push your buttons then I honestly don't know how else to phrase it other than caring or not caring but here are the Islanders with 87 points the Penguins have 82 you can talk about games in hand I, I don't want to hear about games in hand because you know who your games in hand are they're Detroit that's who you think the Penguins can look at anybody right now anybody after some of these losses they've had lately and say, oh, yeah, now there's two points in the bank. Islanders, 87 points. Penguins, 82 points. Panthers, 81 points. The Penguins have a game in hand on them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Here are the Predators. They also have 82 points. Of course, that's irrelevant to this conversation other than, you know, how well they've been playing of late. But Nashville's three points behind Winnipeg, which has been having a real rough time of it lately, and that's plenty feasible. They've got two games in hand on Winnipeg. They could sneak in after a sell-off. That does not happen very often. So you're going to see a really, really energetic version of that particular opponent. And who knows what you're going to see from the home team. Heck, who knows even what goaltender you're going to see? What is the goaltending situation right now? Does anyone, does anyone in the organization have a clue about this? Who is your guy that you're putting between the pipes tonight? Your season is now on the line with every passing game. And if Tristan Jari capable of playing, you play him. I get to an extent what Mike Sullivan was trying to do in Detroit, because it started after the Washington game, when he was building up Casey DeSmith just a little bit, it continued to the skate in Detroit, where Sullivan said, and I quote directly, he's earned it, meaning Casey being between the pipes for that game. That was his way of saying, if he wants to have a run at this, if DeSmith wants to have a run at this, being a starter, go nuts. Look At the clock, everybody, (laughs) you know, think about everything that has to happen, not just to get the team into the playoffs, but also to get the team past the first round for the first time in nearly half a decade. It's not going to be DeSmith doing it. And I'm not just saying that because of his showing in Detroit. I'm saying that because of who he is and who he's always been. If Jari isn't healthy, don't sit him on the bench. If Jari is healthy, and I have no other way to interpret Sullivan's remark, he's earned it, regarding to Smith. Because what else could it possibly mean? He's earned it. No, the other guy's hurt. Oh, wait. No, the other guy's healthy. Oh, okay. Then he's earned it. All right. I mean, Sullivan is telegraphing to everyone that Jari's fine. So here's what's got to happen. They canceled practice. Yesterday was supposed to be one in Cranberry. Sullivan canceled it. They're going to have a full skate today at PPG Paints Arena beginning at 1030 a.m. Everybody involved, all the full usual drills. You've got to have Jari setting up as the starter. And if this sounds mean, so be it. Okay, but hear this out. And you've got to have him go through a high octane session that tests him, including physically. And if that runs the risk of injuring him or re-injuring him or whatever might or might not be wrong with him, that's just part of being an athlete. That sounds really, really reckless on my part, and I don't intend it to. It's definitely not malicious. But you have to find out who your goaltender is. Listen to what we're talking about when we come back. J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Mike who says, Hi DK, is letting Jared McCann walk the most egregious offense Ron Hextall has made as a GM when one looks back at signing Jeff Carter and Kasperi Kapanen to cap-constraining deals, the recent trade from Mikhail Granlund, adding a greater burden to the cap with no production, etc. I would say that Seattle and the general handling of the expansion draft Is sitting at the top of the list. And if Penguins fans are lucky, it'll remain at the top of the list because he won't have another one to challenge it. Uh, Bear in mind the way you described letting McCann walk isn't exactly how it happened. There was a trade in which McCann was sent to Toronto and then something came back. I don't even feel like looking it up, but it wasn't that simple. One way or another, you lost. McCann and Brandon Tanev. Don't forget, this team could really use a Brandon Tanev. All right. McCann and Tanev end up in Seattle. Toronto ended up with something. I don't know what. And Hextall, in the process, used his protection slots, two of them, on Jeff Carter and Teddy Bluger. That's the part that gets forgotten the Carter and Bluger being protected. That's the killer. Why you felt the need to protect someone who at the time was 35 years old. And even though Carter was still playing well, then to presume that Ron Francis is a borderline idiot, which is what Ronnie would have had to have been to use a precious commodity like an expansion team's pick something that anyone who's ever presided over an expansion team will tell you is so precious you spend years envisioning what each pick will get you and how you can build something and you're never expecting to do what happened in Las Vegas, which is just you know instant run to the Stanley Cup, and Ronnie wasn't doing that either. Ronnie wanted to do things right. He wanted to build the Kraken up with a younger base and make them into a team that would gradually get better. Well, what do you know? They've done that, and it's helped that they've had legit young talents like Matty Benier come along and do some good things for them. This idea that Ronnie was gonna take Carter is so bizarre. I can't even wrap my head around it and again i'm I'm saying that that version of Carter, I'm not rewriting history with this version, okay? It wouldn't have made any sense. Ronnie would have been laughed at, and where Tanev is concerned, Tanev was a different sort of uh, multifold mistake, and that tanev was allowed to leave. Tanev was actually the player who, by the way, Seattle claimed from Pittsburgh, not McCann. McCann was through that other uh, avenue that I just described. So Tanev was the one that gets claimed. And Hextall's response to that was to go sign Brock McGinn. And the Penguins did not, to their credit, try to sell anybody. I've seen some suggestions. To the contrary, it's not true that McCann was coming here to be the next Tanev, but he was replacing Tanev on the roster. He was replacing Tanev's space in the lineup, and his style didn't fit in any way, shape, or form the Sullivan system or the Pittsburgh mold or really, after a while, anything at all that you would want to have on your hockey team. So I would take everything. Oh, wait, wait. Also throw in. If you want to keep uh, grafting onto this badness, the extension for Carter, the no movement clause for Carter, McGinn getting grossly overpaid through free agency, and then as if to rub it in, Teddy just bombs out this season. Ever since the jaw injury, Teddy's just not himself. I really hope that changes for him with the Golden Knights. But in Pittsburgh, Teddy bombed out. So absolutely every single tiny component to Hextall's handling of the expansion draft was just a general exercise in GM brutality, I appreciate the question, just because you gave me an opportunity to come up with that phrase, GM brutality, let's let's do this again tomorrow and discuss how the penguins played really, really, really hard against those pesky predators.